connection. I think we're all lacking it and real, real, meaningful, true connection and connections that make you better. So whether that's in your personal life or your business life or in a sport you play or with your kids or your family or your friends. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on I Love Mortgage Brokering Live, I have Julie Jeffrey. Julie was on the show with me in the past. And if you've ever met Julie, she has an incredibly magnetic personality, very positive, And we decided to talk about mindset. Because if you want to be a successful mortgage professional, you do need to have a good mindset. So we talk about her four sort of pillars of building a good mindset. I think you're really going to dig this episode. Also, if you're trying to figure out how to scale your mortgage business, we've created a program called the $25 million Blueprint, where we take all the best ideas, strategies, and concepts from 200 plus interviews and put them into a program that you can use to scale your business today. Check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash blueprint to book a call to find out if this program is right for you and check out this interview with Julie. I think it's going to be a great one. Okay. Hey, welcome to I Love Mortgage Brokering Live. Today on the show, I have Julie Jeffrey, who's been on the show with me in the past. And she also was one of the few people that was a speaker at Broker Talks and she killed it. And so today I'm going to have her on the show talking about mindset. Before I talk about to Julie, I want to just give a shout out to our sponsor. So Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta and Style Stewart and the guys there have supported us for a long time, been huge supporters of our what we're doing. So if you have a private deal, please reach out to Styles and say, hey man, I'd love to chat with you. We would appreciate it. I know he would appreciate it and it, it lets us create this stuff for you guys. So, Julie, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Great. So, hey, I, every time I talk to you, and when you spoke at Broker Talks, you had so much energy and passion. I was like, oh, my gosh, if we could just bottle that. And so I'm, I reconnected with you. I'm like, I want to get you back on. And we said, what topic would be good? And mindset was the one that came up. So maybe you just give a little intro if somebody doesn't know who you are, and then we'll get into talking about mindset. Absolutely. I came to the broker channel about four years ago now. I was a Royal Bank mortgage specialist. Uh, I worked with my husband, Andy, who is now my business partner. And we, we left that model and came to this side. And it's, just, it's been absolutely amazing. So we left four years ago. We're now been running our own brokerage and have our own team for the last three years in, in Calgary. And yeah, so far, so good. We're having a blast. And what is your team's, so your own personal production, what do you have for, like, there's you and Andy. So what do you, do you guys do different roles or you do the same role? Like, what does that structure look like? I'm just, I'm always curious about, you know, how people structure their businesses. Yeah. So, you know what, last year was a long year. Alberta is still struggling. You know, our economy is, is not great. And we, we actually had a good year though. We had an amazing December. We actually had the best December of our careers. And not just the best December of our careers, we had the best month of our careers. And we've gone through some pretty wow times in Alberta. So December was one of those awesome months, but we got to the end of it, totally exhausted, kind of, you know, overdid it in terms of just like too much going on. And we met with our coach and we kind of then did some role division. So when you ask for roles, it's interesting because we really divided out our roles for Andy and I. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a full-time client care manager. Rena, she's amazing. And she's with us every day, all day long, working all the paper at all times. She's fantastic. And we have uh, four agents as well on our team right now. And then do you and Andy both do the exact same thing for like, do you guys both take in leads or does, do you guys have a different role that you do? We both take in leads and we both look after our own clients. So one of the things we've never done was we never mix and match clients. We really believe that the referral source picks us 
And sometimes the referral source knows both of us, but they pick the person that's the best fit for their client. Mm -hmm. So we really try not to move leads back and forth. If we get a lead, we take it on. We run with it ourselves. He does probably, you know, he does more 75% of our volume and I do about 25 because I'm also managing the brokerage and our agent team. And I'm sort of the systems, systems person, junkie, some people would say. Jungo Julie, I think I've, I've heard people maybe refer to you that before. You still use Jungo? I am a raving fan. I'm a power user. What is that? Uh, to what the does point that, mean, that uh, Django did a little, um, a little cartoon about the system, and they made me into a cartoon character. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you have a yeah, that's cool. Okay, so let's talk about mindset. And so you had these four pillars, and I'll put in my two bits as well because I think mindset. I think when it comes to our profession, you know, sales in general, it's eighty percent mindset. Like if you have a the wrong mindset, bad thinking. It doesn't matter what words you say. It doesn't matter. You were, you were going to have a, a tough time getting a good result. And so I'm obsessed. I get a coach does mindset coaching with me. I'm just curious. Okay, let's talk about what are your first, the four, first of the four pillars. What is that for a good mindset? I actually think you're right. It's at least 80%. It, it's everything. It's the difference between just, yeah, happy life, happy work, and, and really achieving all your goals. So my, my first pillar, I think, is, is about balance. And so I think if you if you come uh, into work or life and you're you're lacking balance and that's many different things but if you're lacking balance I just don't think you can achieve what you're what you're going to set out to achieve. So in terms of balance I always think of that it, it's work and life but it's it's health, it's happiness, it's friend time, family time, but it's also, you know, number of hours into your business. So if any of those things are out of whack and those things aren't working for you. If there's an imbalance in life in anything, I think it's incredibly hard to achieve right. the goals so that you have. How do you maintain balance then? So that's like, I, I agree with you in terms of the this idea that you have to have it. But so what kind of things are you doing to ensure A, you're maintaining it and B, how do you check yourself You know, before you wreck yourself? Because I find sometimes me, I get like going in one direction. I'm like, I look back, oh, holy crap, I kind of right. forgot. So how, what, what are you doing there? See, I think the biggest thing that we've done, it, it goes back to the systems and the structure. So how... Could you have balance in a job like this if you don't know exactly what your client experience is, right? You talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. We know exactly what our client experience is. It has, I think right now we're about 37 points in our client experience. So the way that we make work and life happen, because we are married, we are in a partnership and we have two kids who are 11 and 13, and we have a big life outside of mortgages that we love, is we stick to those structures. And what I've learned in the last year is when we deviate from our systems and our structures, it causes chaos. And sometimes clients or referral sources or partners will ask us to deviate. And I've learned that we cannot do that. We, we have a path. This is how we do, do the work. And we need to really, really stick to that. When we don't, it, it goes sideways. What other things? We have a coach. So we don't, she's not particularly a sales coach. She's more of a, she's more of an admin team coach. So she uh, was the coach for 12 years for one of the biggest realty teams in the city. She coached that, that realtors admin team. And because there's two of us in this partnership and because we're married and because we have a full-time client care manager, I really felt like we needed some coaching around communication around whose role is what and how and when and why and how we measure all those things. And so she's really sort of taken apart our business and is helping us put it back together and honestly bringing up some really hard topics between the three of us as we work on our little, our little, you know, our team, Andy, Rena and I, and, uh, the first session was tough. It was tough. And we really had to dig deep and go, what are our jobs? Who's doing really great at this one? Who's kind of falling behind on this one? And we've now really streamlined that. And, uh, we've given Rena, who's our client care manager, 
we're hopefully we're just giving her way more power to make decisions mm-hmm. because I'm I'm a control freak and I had to accept that I need to stop doing that. Right. You have to, I say this to Jules all the time. You have to let go to grow. Like it's just, you have to, you can't uh, grow your business. If you're like in every little detail, you're just going to like, you're going to smother your team or you're going to, you know, burn yourself out. And so I think that's really good. So you, I, I, and I agree with you on the idea of staying with the structure. So one of the things I always say is like, you are the professional, you're driving the bus and, and the client tells you where they want to go, but you have to drive. And when they, you let them drive, which, you know, they're like, Oh, don't worry. I'll get my documents when I want to, I'll do this. I'll, I'll, you know, write an offer without being properly organized. That's them driving. And when you crash the, when they crash, they're going to blame you anyway. Like at the end of the day, it's still your reputation. The real referral partners are not going to care. They're going to be like, yeah, but you, I thought you were the pro. So you have have to like, I've had to let people off my bus, like at the next stop, like literally first phone call. And I'm like, this person does not want to follow my process. I'm like, ding, you can get off the bus. Thank you. You know, and I, the, the, the times that I didn't do that and I let them drive and it crashed, I still were the biggest, most stressful, you know, situations that I had. So I agree with you that you have to like have a process and then, and then follow it. So how, how do you balance like, you know, kids and the demands and, and both of you working full time? Do you guys have, what kind of support structures do you have in place? Because sometimes people forget about, you know, okay, do we have a cleaner? Do we have, what kind of things are you doing to make so that your life doesn't, you know, consume you outside of all the other things you're doing? Yeah, I had a great conversation the other day um, with Christine Bauman uh, and, and we just, we spent an hour going through this and uh, I, you know, I, no, I, I'm not going to clean my house. I, I don't have a lot of interest in going to get groceries. <laughs> um, I don't clean my own car. We basically, I, I love what I do and I love the business and I love the industry. And I want to give my time to either I want to be working on my business or I want to be hanging out with my kids and my husband and my family and having fun. And so I look at it like if I can, if I can offload all those other duties, I mean, honestly, almost all of them, we just went to weekly cleaning, for example, not every second week. I always say if I could get a nanny to look after me, I would. Right. Like I want a nanny, right? <laughs> I want somebody who's like, you know, literally laying out my clothes for me in the morning. I mean, that's not going to happen. I need to really grow my volume. But if, if that ever, if I, if I did, you'll know if somebody following targets, you around, I'd yeah. like get a nanny. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We've, we have had a cleaner for a long time and I know it's kind of a funny thing to talk about in a mortgage podcast, but if you're, once you get over a certain income level, you should hire a cleaner. Like you, it's time that you could spend with your family, what you make per hour versus like the, you know, the, the difference is so big that it doesn't make sense sometimes. And so we had somebody who cut our lawn all summer this last summer, which was fantastic, you know, and have a cleaner that comes in every week. And I agree with you. That's, oh, that's time that you can, and our cleaner does laundry and stuff too. So that's like, you know, not that's helpful, but I, I agree. I think that you doing those kind of things preserves some downtime for you and your family and your kids. And it's brilliant. So you just started that or is this I, a new thing? Is this a, we did and we did. And do you know what though? I think it's really challenging for the women in our industry more so and in this specific area. So in almost all other areas, I, I think we're absolutely equal men and women in our industry, but in this area, which is offloading sort of those household or sort of quote unquote traditional mom roles, laundry, packing lunches, you know, cleaning mm-hmm. the house, all that stuff. I think it's really, I hearing that from a lot of the women in our industry and um, it's a conversation though, that they have to have with their spouse and they just have to get their spouse on board. And some people are just so hesitant about spending the money. But they're burning the candle at both ends and they're working so hard in mortgages and they're working so hard at home. And uh, and then they're frustrated they're not achieving right. what some of their counterparts are achieving. So I really am encouraging of any anybody, but particularly the women in our industry, to offload any duties in life you don't love. If you love cleaning your house, oh my gosh, clean it. If you love laundry, do it. That's cool. 
But if you're not loving it and it's not fulfilling and making you happy, then do the mortgage stuff and Right. Go, go write another loan and pay for them for the next, like, however many months. Right. I agree with you in terms of like, actually, I think that women are superior at a lot of things in particular, like keeping track of, you know, multiple things and you know, multitasking. Like I'm a unitasker. I so easily get distracted. My wife could be, you know, doing, you know, cooking and doing this and open heart surgery and five other things all at once in the kitchen. And she can, it's something will, and she'll hear it. And I'll be like, I don't even, you know, ask me to cut up peppers and I, that's it. That's all I can do. Or I'll cut off my thumbs. Um, so I think that women just are, you know, in, not, I'm generalizing here, but I think that there is, they're, they ha, they're very skilled at our industry, but I agree. There's this super mom syndrome. That's kind of like, okay, I can do yeah. both. I can be the super mom and I can be the super. And it's like, you know what? Like I think, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a woman, but I know that I think that, uh, invest in your business, but also invest in things that are going to give you time with your family or downtime or recharge time. And uh, it will, it's very worth it. We've had a cleaner for years and my wife is like, it's a marriage. She calls it a marriage saver. Cause otherwise I'm sure she, she would have murdered me. Like I'm sure like a long time ago. So it was like an investment in our relationship. So I don't know how we got onto that topic, but that's very random. Okay. So, uh, balance. So I agree with you on the balancing. So what's the next pillar that you have for mindset? So it's gratitude. And I think it's, it's lacking. And I think it's probably, it's my 2018 uh, word that I just think about every day. It's a thing I think about as soon as I, I wake up, it's like literally my last thought at night and it's gratitude. And I'm, I'm seeing, I think I'm probably known in the industry as, as a person who says thank you a lot. Like, and, and people are always like, wow, you're always sending like a really lovely email or thank you, Cardi, you call me. And, you know, for our lenders, especially our lender partners, I'm just trying to say it as much as I can in as many ways as I can. And I think that for our industry, people get so frustrated and I, I find it really challenging because we have all this choice. We have endless choice. When I worked at the Royal Bank, I had one, one, one brand, right? I had one set of products. I had one set of interest rates. We have so many options and so much choice. And so when I'm seeing frustration with our lender partners or even just overall frustration with our industry, I just think our industry is in its infancy. We have so far to go. And every day, I'm just so grateful to be here. I mean, maybe that's because I came from the dark side. I'm not sure. And now I'm in the light. But <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, True. it's, I'm just so You were a Sith people. Lord. And you were a Sith think, Lord you know, and now you're a Jedi. Like, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm a Star Wars fan. So <laughs> I'm just joking. So um, gratitude. I think it's, I think it can change your day, your week, your month, your year, whether that's again for your family or your friends or your team or your, your coworkers or your lender partners or your industry partners, or your referral partners. It has to be genuine. It has to be meaningful, but I think so that's how do you just, cultivate it? it? So how do you cultivate an attitude of gratitude? There's a couple of things that I do, but I want to hear what you do first. So what you can get, you know, there's a lot of negative news out there. Sometimes even in our Facebook group, unfortunately, sometimes people go off on like a negative tangent. And so how do you cultivate an attitude of gratitude? You know, the biggest, the biggest thing that I've been doing, um, well, there's a couple of books that I love that last year I read that really got me onto this sort of mindset change. Um, I don't know if you've read the obstacle is the way mm-hmm. or the ego book. is the enemy. Both of them and are great. Yeah. I just like, these are my top books of all times. And I read them both last year. The daily stoic is by the same author. So the daily stoic is essentially a quote about stoicism and then his interpretation of how to you know put that into your life. And so much about stoicism is just about being real, honest, grateful, and just letting your ego go and and letting your ego go and being grateful kind of really go together for me. Like it's just, yeah. So that those books really help. I read the daily stoic every morning. That's kind of my 10 minutes with my coffee. I read my daily quote and just think about how I want to incorporate that into my day. 
The other big thing that I do is as soon as I see negativity and you'll see me jump into some of those posts. So if I see a post that is, is kind of negative and there's just like a sense of frustration, um, I'll often jump in and just try to add some positives or try to add something we should be grateful for. Or often, honestly, I'll send a person a messenger or an email and saying, Hey, you sound super frustrated. I totally get it. Like my, I'm on my phone. Give me a shout. I'll give you five minutes. And let's just like, you just need to offload, mm -hmm. but that's kind of not the forum, right? You just need to do it in a private way. Right. So I think just seeing negativity and responding to it with positivity and trying to remind people there's so many things to be grateful for. Right. And, and whenever you meet somebody who's very, uh, has the, your, like your personality with that gratitude, it is very like a, it's like a magnet in terms of, I guarantee you, it's a magnet for your clients who want to work with you. It's a magnet for like, it's, you, we all want to be around people that have that positive, grateful attitude. It's one of the things that I do, so this is my own practice, because I agree, it's something I've been working on is before I get up in the morning, I always think of three things I'm grateful for before I let my feet hit the floor. And it might be just, I'm grateful that like I, you know, didn't wake up last night. I had a great sleep or it could be whatever, but but the point yeah. is, is that I'm priming my mind to look for, be, to be grateful instead of to look to be, you know, grumbling and complaining. And it's changed my whole perspective and outlook. And so I think that, you know, that, uh, and, yeah, and, and reading the right type of books, like you said, these books are awesome that you talked about. I've, I've only read, I read two of the three that you uh, mentioned, but not the Daily Stoic. That's really good. Any other things that you do to cultivate an attitude of gratitude? I try my best on Fridays to, I, I actually try to do a couple of things on Fridays. I really try to only work until about one o'clock. And then Andy and I on Fridays, we generally do a lunch together where we sort of go back and talk about our week and we really focus on the good things. So we, you know, yeah, bad things happen and challenging things, but we really try to focus on what were the good parts about our week. And then we often meet up with friends or referral partners or industry friends on Friday afternoons. And there's some, and I know I'm very social, right? I, I know that I'm not, other people are not as social. I am super social. Um, and for me, that end of day Friday where I'm thinking about the happy things, the good things and the successes and where I know I'm looking forward to meeting with other people who I'm working with to celebrate that, you know, last Friday was an agent on our team and we just had this great hour and a half conversation around all the good stuff that happened. Yeah, we could have focused on the deals we lost or, you know, the things that went wrong. We didn't. Those Fridays, I also tried my best to send a text one text and one email every Friday to somebody who's not expecting it. And that email is or text is simply about, hey, this thing happened. I thought of you or you did something amazing for me. And I just want to say thank you. Wow, that's a really good. Yeah, because I've seen. I, yeah, that's really good. I love that. One of the things. I, one of the things that, I, that I've found worked really well for me since we're sharing these things is that when, sometimes at night, like my brain won't shut off because I'm, you know, I've got different things that I'm involved in. And so what I started doing, my coach told me to to basically think of a hundred things you're grateful for. And so I'll lay there in bed and I'll be like, I'm grateful for you know a warm bed. And, and you just start. You won't get to a hundred. You'll fall asleep. Like I don't think I've ever got to a hundred. But it's so cool to think about. You know, we live in North America. We live in Canada. You know. We live in BC. Well, you guys, you know, Alberta second best, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but the idea is that there's a lot of things we can be grateful for, but we can also have an attitude of negativity. Like my daughter right now, she's going through a, she's got mono. And so she'd been really sick and we really didn't catch on. And finally they started, they give her some um, penicillin and I'm seeing it work. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that I don't, if a hundred years ago, she may have died from this, right? Like she may have gotten so sick that she would just die from it. But we live in a time where something like, we just take it for granted. We just go get this thing and we give it to them. And like, oh, she's starting to recover, you know? And so I agree with you. We've got to cultivate a attitude of gratitude, especially when, you know, things don't go right and we kind of get kicked in the head. So I love that you do that. Yeah. And, and I mean, how many times have you met somebody and 
I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm like a very sensitive person in a way that honestly, I, you give me a minute with somebody and I could tell you a lot about them, right? It's maybe because I've done this job for so long. My past, in my past work, I was a social worker. Now I'm a more, now I'm a mortgage broker and it's just all about people and I love people. And it's like, you can just feel it if somebody's negative and mm-hmm. you just, you're right. You just don't want to be around them. And so why would our clients want to, why would our referral partners want to, right? right. That's really good. Okay. So what's pillar number three? Connection. I think we're all lacking it and real, real, meaningful, true connection and connections that make you better. So whether that's in your personal life or that your business life or in a sport you play or with your kids or your family or your friends, I'm sort of obsessed with that idea, this idea of you're sort of the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. I think that's brilliant. I heard that last year and it just blew my mind. And I think that's absolutely true. And I think that Sometimes people are a little too focused for me, maybe on, on social media or on just sending emails or something that's less personal. And for me, I still meet every single client in person, whether that's a pre-approval. I prefer to meet them at pre-approval. I spend about 45 minutes right now. So I know there's people who are down to like 10 minutes of file. If I spend 45 minutes with a client, that is a client for life. And that is a client that will send me, you know, two to four more clients. Mm-hmm. There's just an absolute because they know me. I get to tell them a little bit about me. So for business, I think that real connections, and again, this goes back to the connects with the gratitude where I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not calling my BDMs just to complain. Um, I'm calling them to say, Hey, I'd love to treat you to lunch. I'd love to get together and, you know, share some ideas just about the industry or, or I'll say, you know, how's your day going? So I think that just deeply deep connections um, that aren't surface level has been one reason that we are successful. Andy's very much like this. He's so personable um, and it's all real. And he, you know, he went to a, he went to a, a movie the other night. It was like a, a co- the concert for George. It's like a Beatles concert and they were showing it in a movie theater. And he came home and he's like, you know, what's funny. He's like, I was there with eight people. I'm like, yeah, he's like, and it could have kind of been an industry event because these were all people I work with. Right. But mm-hmm. it wasn't intentional. Right. He didn't have a, he didn't have a work event. He just went out to this really cool thing and invited eight people that he's friends with. They all happen to be in the industry. Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, and yeah, the connection thing is really important. I think connection with your team, with your, you know, your kids, your spouse, your partner, whoever you work with. So I, yeah. And how, so what other ideas do you have on cultivate? Do you have like, how do you, I mean, it's natural for you, but what if somebody's not natural at this? What if they're an introvert? How does, how do they cultivate this? You know what? I think that you need to start small. Because I'm, I'm an introvert, so I'm I'm asking from I'm asking for this guy I know. You know this this dude. You always there. say that. <laughs> I can't believe you say you're an introvert, but okay. I believe I I I know. I don't think you really are. You know what? I think it's starting small, right? I think it's I think it's let's say it's if it's in your work and you're looking at referral partners, then you start by picking the person you're the most comfortable with right? The person you feel the most at ease with of anybody um, who, who's already sort of in your network. This doesn't mean the person who sends you the most business, the person that you're the most at ease at. And, and literally, I would start with something simple, like inviting that person to... And I don't always think it should be a lunch or something like that. I love the idea of inviting someone... For us, it's music events. So we love music. And we often uh, will take you know people in our business world to music events you, you will always get people saying yes to go to a music event. 
right? Mm-hmm. A, they think it's awesome you invited them. B, you don't have to be super social because you're there to watch something. And then after the event, you know, you kind of have an hour together. So I would start with something like that. I'm really encouraging my team, if, if they're looking and connecting with people, pick an interest or hobby that people generally like. And, and music is kind of one of them. And yeah, connect that way. Okay, what do you, who's your favorite band then, if you're a music fan? I don't even have a favorite. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. Okay, my favorite band of all times is Cheap Trick. Yeah. I Want You to Want Me, Surrender, right? There's so many great songs. And, uh, and last year, we met Cheap Trick. Oh, you and did? And I completely, lo- I completely lost my mind. <laughs> Crazy, crying, like completely not, not cool at all. We get to do a private meet and greet and spend about 10 minutes with them. And okay, I have to tell you the story because this really smorges. So What's, I started an Instagram account what? about a year and a half ago. And I love Instagram. I mm-hmm. think it's the new social media channel. Um, I just, I absolutely love it so much. So the Cheap Trick logo has checkers in it. And so I had my nails done with these checkers on them. And I snapped a photo of my nails and uh, I put it on Instagram. And it was, you know, this, it was, it was on my business page, but it was like, hey, you know, we're going to this great concert. I walk into this meet and greet with Cheap Trick. And the drummer for Cheap Trick is like, you're the mortgage lady. It's because of your Instagram. Yes. And, and so he saw the post and he was like, you two mortgages, tell me about this. This is so cool. And he's like, I wish you lived in the States. I could send you all my like kids and their friends and I'd send you all this business. And it was just like so awesome. And that was from Instagram. That's awesome. Isn't so, that great? That is so good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, I, I don't really, for me, my wife uses Instagram all the time and she loves it, but I'm, I'm still like not. I don't know. I don't know what I would take pictures of. Maybe it's just my, so what, how, how do you use it? What are you doing to, you know, to use Instagram, I guess. I, I think that it's, it's probably the place that our, our younger, our younger clients. So let's say anybody who's kind of under 30, I think it's the place, one of the places they go to vet us. So I'm a big believer that you probably won't get a client from social media. What will happen is a, a lead, a lead will come in from a referral source and those, those people then want to sneak around. They want to check us out. And so they go on Instagram, they go on our Facebook page, they go onto our website, they might go to LinkedIn, depending on whatever their channel is. And so Instagram, I find because it, there's lots of photos and there's lots of video content, it's one of the ways where we can really show who we are. And our younger clients, I would say, are using it more than Facebook. And the second thing is any, any realtors under 30, they're using Instagram as their channel. I really mm-hmm. think they are. I really think there's very few um, younger realtors who are using Facebook um, anymore. I'm meeting lots and lots of industry partners or potential partners or potential referral sources to the point that I was at a conference about a year and a half ago, you know, 200 people in this massive room. And I'm walking to this room and there's this realtor that I've always wanted to meet because I know her from Instagram. She's, she's really big on Instagram in Calgary. And we walk by each other and I go adventures in real estate because that's her Instagram handle. And she goes, Elevation Mortgage YYC. Oh my God, we finally get to meet, right? And then she lost her mind uh, because we only knew each other from Instagram. We didn't even know each other's names. Right. That's really good. So um, great. I agree with you. People are going to, you know, if you get referred, there's, they are going to Google you. They're going to look you up. And so what are they going to find when they look you up? And so having a, a, you know, positive social profile is good. So you said a word that I, I had, you said smorgis. What did you say? It was so, what is that? It was what, sorry? You said, uh, did you say it was so smorgis or you, what was the word you said about meeting with tr- cheap trick? I thought there was a word that you dropped that I hadn't heard before. 
No, just the dude's just amazing. Okay. Like it just blew my mind, right? I, it was just one of those like life altering moments. I thought I thought you used a word that I'd never heard of before, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what is this new word that you are teaching me? But <laughs> I must have just heard it wrong because um, that that was uh, okay. So what's the fourth pillar? So the fourth pillar is drive. Okay. So you know what I think for when you when you're looking at mindset, it can't all be fluff. Right. It can all be just like love and happiness. There also has to be that mindset of what achievement, ambition, drive that has to be a part of it. Um, and so when I look at drive, I think the thing we all need to ask ourselves is what are our drivers? What is important to me is it's different than what's important to you or, or another agent out there. For some people, it's sheerly about income. For some people, it's number of files. For some people, it's about industry reputation. For some people, it's the freedom to have a lifestyle that's not nine to five. For some people, they want to be part-time and you know, stay-at-home mom or dad. Some people want to travel. And so I think there's too many people who just don't know what their driver is. If you don't know what your driver is or why any of us would do what we do, because this is not easy. This is, this is a tough job. It's a tough industry. Um, what's, what's your driver? And when you know what your driver is... It's, I think it's a lot easier to kind of go on that path to figure out how you're going to achieve. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I, somebody once said to me, they, what's your why power? So what's the why that fuels you or drives you? And I think that's a really good, right. uh, you know, if you don't know, because we can go out and do something, even build a successful business and look back and be miserable and be like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. And so you do have to stop, pause and be, do I actually, this is, is this what I want to do? Right. I think that we, I know that I've gotten in times forgotten about that completely. So any other thoughts, Julie, on how to um, cultivate a mindset that, you know, obviously make that will help you in your business and your life? I, I think the number one thing for me, and it works for me, is I can't do it alone. So I, you know what, I'm, I'm super uh, engaged in our industry. I'm on the, the AMBA board of directors. I am involved in every industry event I can go to. I'm very much engaged with our lender partners and my team uh, in the real estate industry in Calgary. Um, and just to be being super engaged. And I'm in this awesome uh, mortgage mastermind. There's uh, eight of us now who are all broker owners or team leads, and we're meeting every quarter this year. And I just think whether it's just getting together with a team member or going to any team event or going to any industry event, I, I really do think that being as engaged as you can be in the industry is the way if you're feeling a struggle, like you're feeling that balance issue or gratitude or connection, or you're not sure what your driver is, the best people to help you figure that out are the other people in our industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this sounds like the beginnings of a book, Julie, that you've got here. I love, I love that you had these four. I'm sure that if you spend some time on this, you could come up with examples and stories and, you know, how to cultivate these different balance of gratitude, connection and drive. I, I haven't heard it expressed this way before. So I, I think it's awesome. So we got any questions, Justin? Yeah. No questions, but uh, Gord Ross says his uh, word of the day is now smorgas. Smorgas. I know. That's what I thought you said, but I'm going to go back and listen to the recording because I we invented a word in the middle of this show that I'm like, did you say smorgas? I'm like, what is smorgas? Is that like smart and gorgeous at the same time or what? So, um, I kind of like that. Thank you, Gord Ross. Yeah. Speaking smor- of awesome industry people. Yeah, he's very smorgas, man. <laughs> he is smorgas. That's absolutely true. 